There will be spoilers ahead. Lots of spoilers, so be careful, won't you? Max, you don't have to do this. I can go it alone. You can just sit here and wait for that great big blockbuster to crash into theaters and bore everything and everyone we know to tears. Literally, no one asked us to save the cinema. No one. Do you want to say no? I know what you're thinking. Was this shot on film or digitally? Tell you the truth, in all these decades, I've plumb forgotten. But seeing as this is a podcast, one of the most potent forms of entertainment around, and can totally blow your mind, you've got to ask yourself a question. Max Mike Movies! Sense, what's that? We're here to talk about movies, and this week is no exception. As we wind down our series, but an incredible simulation, we look at the last or is it, of our choices for the real film, Armageddon. There's another film that came out the same year in which, to be fair, came out first, kinda, but which is better known? Which is the block and which is the mockbuster? <laughs> well, that's why we're here. And we starts off with that exploder of all things spatial and rocky, Max Masteroid Levine. Blow us up, Max. Knock, knock. Uh, who's there? Ka. Kahoo. Kaboom! <laughs> and I, I am the space cowboy with plenty of space up here. Mike Megaton Loose. We so got a lot to go over call this you week. Maurice? Uh, no. <laughs> the gangster we, of love? No. Hmm, what are you saying? We've, anyway. We've got a lot to go over this week, as Armageddon is a big, big movie, but before we get there, we gotta go here. Poll question. Last week, if you'll recall, we asked who your favorite martial arts star is and what of theirs is your favorite movie. Well, we got some answers. As is often the case, Dave, Dave is up first. Quote, in the 80s, I was on a Jackie Chan kick. His choreography, slapstick humor, and doing his own stunts were so much fun. Project X, or was it Project A, was my favorite. Had a real Hong Kong feel to it. More recently, I am interested in samurai archetypes. Oh, dear gods, here we go. Oh, dear. Ichikawa Uteman as the board Hatamoto. Katooka Chizo in Bloody Spear at Mount Fuji are archetypal Golden Age performances. Then, Toshiro Mufune, Tatsuya Nakadai, Tamba Tetsuro, and Wakiyama... Hmm... Tamasaburo set the standard. <laughs> if I say it fast enough, maybe it's right. I, I'm impressed you're getting so many of these names. <laughs> Of theirs, Goyokin, Sanjuro, Harakiri, and the Lone Wolf and Cub series. More uh. recently, Tomura Masakazu, Samurai Rebellion, and then Nakai Kichi, Sakai Masato, and even Okada Junichi have been strong. For women, Fuji Junko, Inami Kyoko, Chiomi Etsuko, Ike Reiko, Matsuyama Yoko. That's what it says, really. You know, I think he's doing this on purpose just because he wants to hear us mangle the names on the air. I don't know, but technically they are not usually samurai. They are usually not samurai, but Yakuza. And the swordswoman ah. is kind of a different archetype, but still fun. The list is Legion. The challenge with Japanese martial arts is pronouncing... No, the, chap <laughs> the challenge with <laughs> Japanese martial arts is what to do about the blood that is inevitable, inevitable in sword fighting. I have seen many creative solutions. Spear movies are also interesting, though there are not so many of them. After I got my black belt, there was a period where I couldn't watch fight scenes in movies because they were so improbable. Nowadays, I wound up enjoying the persona more than the actual martial arts. 
I think that Sakai Masato is probably one of the better kendokas on screens these days. End quote. Wow. <laughs> It's a Kendoka. I always earns. I always learn so much from Dave's answers, like how to mispronounce Japanese names. Wow. Yeah, I'm telling you, I think he does that just because just because he thinks it's funny how we say them. I, that may be true, but Dave actually knows a lot about Japanese cinema. Oh, I he really love his does. Answers, so he really does. Thanks, Dave. Next was Ed Shields with quote Mark DaCosta and the movie is Drive end quote. Well, that's a new uh, one to me. Thanks, yeah. Ed. Do you know Drive? Uh, no, I don't either. Pete Kreitchett's answer was, quote, my favorite martial arts star is Bruce Lee, and my favorite movie is his is Enter the Dragon, end quote. Uh, ah, the classics. Thanks, thank you. This is not a show <laughs> That is not that movie. It could it's be. Kentucky Fried movie. Stop it. <laughs> Kelly Cooper posted, quote, this is my answer for multiple things, i.e. I've used it before, but mine is Michelle Yeoh, and my favorite movie of hers is Wing Chun, followed closely by Everything Everywhere All at Once, end quote. Thanks, Kelly. Great the, she's good in the heroic trio, too. I have never disliked Mag, uh, Maggie Chung. I just, uh, Michelle Yeoh. Yeo. Maggie Chung, where did that Maggie come Chung from? Maggie Chung is cool, too, by Yes, the she way. is, but it's like, I don't know where she came from out of that. Yeah, I have never not liked Michelle Yeoh. She's she, good, and she makes everything better. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Charles Forsyth snuck in with, quote, Jackie Chan, drunken master, end quote. That is uh, a good one. Thanks, Charles. Brian Mundo sent us, quote, Jackie Chan, drunken master. I like to think I get super martial arts abilities when I'm drunk as well, end quote. And (laughs) perhaps you do, young grasshopper. Thanks, Brian. (laughs) Weaving drunkenly over towards the website, we have Vince taking a penguin break to write us, quote, Michelle Yeoh all the way. Any movie she is in is my favorite movie with her in it, though I loved the parody martial arts in Everything Everywhere all at once. I think I first saw her at a theater in Chinatown in 1985-86 in The Owl vs. Bombo. I can't be sure. What? I, I loved her the moment I saw her on screen, end quote. She is totally amazing. Thanks, Vince Man Snowdrift. I want to find out what this Owl vs. Bombo is. It says Bombo, but... Bombo. Oh, that one. <laughs> Liar. Yeah. And don't go looking now, because, Max, that yeah. was your question. How are yep. you going to answer it? Oh, God. In terms of the classics, I just love to watch Bruce Lee. He just he didn't do that much. But in terms of sheer fun, it's Jackie all the way. Yeah. Jackie Chan. Oh, Jackie. Oh, Jackie. <laughs> he's a, oh, yes, sir. He's always, he's just so great. Yeah. And The Legend of Drunken, the second Drunken Master, you know, Drunken Master 2, The Legend of Drunken Master, probably the most fun. Again, partly because of him and partly because of Anita Mui, who is in it. And she, or I think it's Anita Mui. It might be Maggie Chung. Oh, this is embarrassing. I think it's Maggie Chung. Mm who is hilarious as well as a heck of a fighter. But he's just so much fun to watch. And the ones that he did with, you know, two of his, the seven brothers from the Peking Opera Company with oh, him Sammo and Sammo Hung and, da, and Yen Biao, mm-hmm. those are so much fun. He's just so fun to watch. And even though when you're watching him do the stunts and you can just go, ow, oh God, that hurt. And I was just watching it. Well, then Jackie would put footage of him failing the stunts at the end of the films. You know, he he's the guy who, as is appropriately put, broke Evil Knievel's record for the most broken bones in a human body. Yeah. He's broken literally every single bone, I think. Not a record. Including his skull. Not really a record to shoot for. Yeah, actually, no. he has a plastic plate in his skull. He does. He does. What about you? Who's your favorite? I, how can you go wrong with Jackie Chan? Yeah. I remember, especially in the 80s, there was a... Um, 
a source, shall we say, for <laughs> uh, Hong Kong martial arts films. A lot, oh, got to yeah. see a lot of Jackie Chan, got to see a lot of Maggie Chung, got to see a lot of Michelle Yeoh, but also uh, John Woo films with Chow Yun-Fat. Actually got to meet Chow Yun-Fat once at the Museum of Fine Arts Boston, oh, wow. of all places. And he was just the nicest guy. Did he punch you in the head? No, he was just really nice. He didn't oh. shoot me in the head either or give me a bullet in the head. I know he's not in that one. <laughs> But Jackie Chan, I remember liking the police story movies a lot. And there's one movie yeah. of his, I cannot remember what it's called, but the end fight scene is bizarre because apparently there is a street fighter game on this cruise ship and Jack, and there's a, I think there's city a city hunter. Is it city hunter? It's city hunter. And he and ends up, they're all in costume and he's Chun Li for some reason. Yep. He's wearing the dress and he has the little buns on his head. And it's just yeah. bizarre and goofy. And they try to do all of the actual moves from the game, which is it's it's a little over the top. It's very over the top, but that one's hilarious. Yeah, uh, and Michelle Yeoh as well. I mean, uh, Crouching Tiger, not oh. just because of the martial arts, but because she's so good in it. Even though it's a foreign part, and she's speaking, I assume it's Cantonese and or Mandarin, depending on how it's dubbed. Yeah. But I mean, you get all of it from her, and and the struggle with the younger character, and how he's like, she's like, I'm not trying to push you down. I'm trying to help you. The thing is, of the two of them, Jackie is the better fighter. I think Michelle's the better actor. I don't really think that that's much of an argument. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love Jackie, but yeah, as you yeah, pointed yeah. out during Kung Fu Panda. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, if you've not somehow seen Jackie Chan films, and I would say his best ones are probably 80s, early 90s. Definitely the Hong Kong ones, not his American ones. No, because they don't let him do anything in America. He's not nearly yeah. as much fun. Even in, in, in what was the films he did with uh, Chris Rock? Oh, uh, Rush Hour. Rush that was Hour. Chris Tucker. Oh, Chris Tucker. Yeah. They're fun. Those were cute, but then it's not as good. No. So that, that's who I would pick. But yeah. uh, that's all well and good. But what is more important now is how you'll answer this question. What's your favorite performance by Bruce Willis? Do let us know, and we'll tell you how at the end of the show. Yeah, poor Bruce is going through some rough times right now. And to be fair, while he's not yeah. one of my favorite actors, there's definitely some performances that I like better than others. And he's a pretty big name. So let's see what people think. I don't know. Yeah, and why consider the old adage, or the answer the question, is Bruce Willis more talented when he has less hair? <laughs> people have pointed that out. Really? His better performances tend to be when he, is, he has little or no hair. Huh. Never, never notice it. Well, we'll find out. Yeah. But uh, let us know there might be prizes involved and Ooh. there might not. Uh, have I mentioned Bumpy Bucks lately? No. Now I have. And now yes. we have this. The facts. Budget. Oh, Again, boy. we're talking about Armageddon. Yep. Budget. Go, go take a guess, Max, because I know you're- Well, this is Michael Bay. Right. And it's kind of prime Michael Bay, so it's got to be over $100 million. Yep. I'm going to say 120 million. Close, 140. Wow. The take, uh, well, 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 553 million. Seems Mr. Uh, Bay might make a few more movies after this half one. Half a billion dollars. Yikes. Yep. We will get to this later and uh, likely more than once, but the uh, science in this movie is the not what now? good. It's <laughs> science. It is not good. It is so not good. NASA shows it to their management teams during training so it can measure how many errors they find. So far, <laughs> that number is what? 168. I Jeez, I thought it'd be more, but okay. That's what it said. Speaking of NASA and science, there's a, there's a credit near the end of the film which states, quote, 
the National Aeronautics and Space Administration's cooperation and assistance does not reflect an endorsement of the contents of the film or the treatment of the characters depicted therein, end quote. So there's that. Uh-huh. Whatever you might say about Michael Bay, after this movie, Bruce Willis chose to never work with him again. Oh. Nice job, Bruce. And whatever you might think of this movie, it was nominated for four Academy Awards. And no, it didn't win any of them. Oh. It was, however, up for seven Razzies. <laughs> it won one for worst one? actor, Bruce Willis. Oh, oh, that's me. We'll talk about that. Many of the locations used were real. NASA allowed this because of the... The moon? Yes. Oh, wow. NASA allowed this because of the gung-ho feeling of the script and perhaps because of the high recruitment numbers received from Top Gun after its showing. Bruce Willis wasn't in this from the start. He was actually working on a comedy which was starting to um, tank. As a way of getting out of that contract, he teamed with the folks at Touchstone and they made a deal which got him into this film and two others, allowing him to exit that comedy. Those movies... The Sixth Sense, and Unbreakable. Oh. Mm. Okay. Steve Buscemi, usually seen in more independent film roles, was asked why he chose to do a big-budget movie like this. His answer, quote, I wanted a bigger house, end quote. (laughs) Good for you, Steve. (laughs) Yep, very honest. I appreciate that. Michael Bay thinks this is his worst film. Well... He'll have time. Spoiled for choice. Yeah. He claims that the 16-week shooting schedule was to blame, and given a chance to do it over, he would reshoot the entire third act. Oh, boy. Ben Affleck is not a fan of this movie either, and tends to make fun of it both in public and even on the DVD commentary. (laughs) Bay, known for having quick shots in his films, only averages 1.5 seconds per shot in this one. (laughs) God. Hmm. No, I wondered why I was dizzy by the end. Yeah, well, we'll get to that, too. Did you know Roger Ebert has a most hated film list? Yes. And did you know that this movie is on that list? I did not, but it doesn't surprise me. Well, now you do. There was a lot of actual film shot for this movie, over a million feet of it. When you use over that amount... Kodak sends you a gift basket, which (laughs) contains six bottles of Corbell champagne. So get out there and use some film. Corbell, wow. Yeah, I think it's like $10 a bottle. If that, I think you could. Mm. Corbell, the champagne you can buy in six packs. And pronounce. (laughs) You might ask why the hell there's a Gatling gun on that damned space lander. I do ask that. Well, for a very good reason. Oh. It helped Mattel sell toy trucks related to the movie. So there. Well, there you go. Science! (laughs) I left out tons of the usual of this person might have been cast for this role, and this special effect caused so much stuff so that I could give Max a chance to interject some trivia. Got anything for me, Max? Yeah, did you notice Michael Bay has a cameo in this movie? No, because I don't even know what he looks like. Yeah, he he looks like a damn hippie. He's got this long shoulder-length hair. Once you see... I saw him in a Verizon commercial. Once you see him, you never forget what he looked like. Why is Michael Bay advertising for anybody? I don't know. Okay, where is he? In this, he's in like a two-second shot when the guy says, we're moving the Hubble. He's the guy right behind him. Ah. Yes. Oh, he's also in Mystery Men, by the way. Ah. Yes, he's the guy. He's one of the frat boys. Can we bring the brewskis? Um, um, I'm going to go with, ah. Yeah, yeah. Is that all you have for trivia? Um, I mean, there's a... There's a ton of stuff in this. Um, the opening narration, 
where uh, we have the uh, like the story of the the media, the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. Yeah, you recognize the voice. It sounded familiar, and I couldn't place it. Yeah, it's one of those. I, I thought at first it was Peter Graves, but it isn't. Let's just put it this way, you know, a planet where asteroids evolved from men. Really? Because he did so such a good job on Hercules, I guess. Yeah, it's it's Charlton friggin' Heston. <laughs> yeah, we also have got uh, com- comedian Eddie Griffin in the opening. He's the bike messenger with the dog. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, there, there are a couple of other cameos, but honestly, who cares? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's where I was going to go, but... Hey, it still might be interesting to folks listening. Uh, there's a lot of stuff with the science, but we'll get to that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, then we'll get to the plot. Yeah. This one's easy, finally. There's a huge asteroid coming towards Earth, and it looks like we're doomed. With only 18 days to go, NASA decides that their best shot is to rope in Harry Stamper, played by Bruce Willis, and his team of knuckleheaded oil drillers to get shot into space, drill a hole in an asteroid, and blow it out of the sky. So that's what they do. There are some personality conflicts here, especially between Harry and his right-hand man, AJ, played by Ben Affleck, partially because of differences in management styles and partially because AJ is um, sleeping with his daughter, played by Liv Tyler. Uh Uh-oh. Well, they get trained, they get shoved under shuttles, and then indeed blown into space, where nearly everything goes wrong. Can this team of misfits and oil rig cowboys get the job done and save planet Earth? Or are we doomed? Back in 1998. Doomed! Stay tuned and see. The film. So, Max, my usual question, did you see this when it came out? I think I did. I believe I saw it in the theater. Oh, dear. I think I did. (laughs) Honestly, I don't really remember. I know I've seen it, like, on uh, videotape. I've seen it on cable. Hmm. I think I saw it in the theater mostly because I have some vague memory of walking out wondering if I had permanent hearing damage. Oh, was it really loud then, I guess? Oh, boy. Wow. Hmm. Look, it's a, it's a Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer movie. I thought you were going to say was... Jerry Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that w- now I would have watched the hell out of that. Oh, dude, it's the asteroid with the falling and the exploding. and I, oh. I'm going to get hailed into space. <laughs> oh, no, Jerry, Jerry, don't, don't press the self-destruct button on the mirror. What's wrong with you, boy? I said lunch, not launch. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the greatest movie ever. Um... <laughs> Michael Bay, the life of Jerry Lewis. <laughs> now exploding onto your screen. Okay. It's Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer, and one of the writers is J.J. Abrams. Yeah. So you know there are a lot of things going kaboom all the time. Not least of which, the serial. Yeah, Sorry, it's, very, very, it's very loud, and there's a lot of big engines, and there's a lot of big, manly, thrusting <laughs> engines. Well, well, yeah, we'll get to some of the big, manly in a bit, but... Uh, oh, boy, you, I tell you, watching this movie, <laughs> I wanted to drink an entire keg of beer, drive a monster truck, and uproot a tree! At the Worcester Centrum! Uh, yeah, covered in mud! With Luciano Pavarotti. Uh, <laughs> so do you remember if you liked the film? Um, once your hearing cleared, <laughs> once my hearing cleared and my, you know, my tympanic membranes healed up, uh, I, I remember thinking it was fun. Yeah. I remember also thinking, I don't think that I, why, my first thing was I wanted to get home and ask my friend Paul, you, you know, <laughs> about the science. I actually, I, I thought you liked Paul. <laughs> one time when Paul was under the weather, I brought over this movie. 
to show him because he wanted to see it because he heard the sign. He was laughing his ass off through the whole thing. Uh, yeah. This was years before Gravity Falls or Grunkle Stan, but for him, the whole movie is one big, oh, come on! <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, so fun, but uh, not um, reliable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did, did you see it when it came out? You know, I, I hate to say this, but actually I laughed at the fact that you didn't remember. I'm not sure. <laughs> I th- see. I, I'm trying to. Th- I, have I seen? I see. I have seen the whole thing. Where and why? I don't. Because here's the thing. I generally avoid Bruce Willis because, for the most part, I don't like Bruce Willis. I, oh, I his biggest okay. roles, his diehard films, do not like him in those because, quite honestly, I believe in Alan Rickman. I don't believe in Bruce Willis. <laughs> Believe in Peter Pan and Alan Rickman. Okay. I hate, 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 hate Peter Pan. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't oh, know. You don't know. No. All right. And if I saw it, it was, it might have been, maybe it was at a marathon at your house. That starts that, to It's entirely possible. That would be the sort of thing I would show yeah. loud, mindless, wake you up at three in the morning. Because Max hates his friend. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I don't remember if I liked it or not. And whether I liked it this time or not, well, we'll, we'll get there. Do you want to uh, talk about the cast? Sure. Let's start at the top. Let's start with Bruce. Okay. I don't get the Razzie. He's fine. He does a fine job. He, he's not embarrassing. I mean, the character is an, is embarrassing in a lot of ways. Well, but he's, he, it, he's relatable, though. You know, he's like that. I, I'm a single parent. I know that I'm a terrible parent, so I'm very possessive about my daughter. And to be fair, if you were going to be possessive about a daughter, Liv Tyler is probably going to be that daughter. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. I'm, I'm amazed he doesn't have her locked in a box. I mean, yeah, it's Liv friggin' Tyler at I think age 22, and she is so frigging beautiful. She turned 21 on the set. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, okay. yeah. And here's the wow. thing: How are you going to best like take care of her and protect her? I'm going to have her grow up on an oil rig. Sure, surrounded by large, sweaty, greasy men. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll, we'll. And the only woman. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing is, is that they show the characters as being protective of her. Yeah, they're more like multiple fathers, except for AJ. Well, and he's, to be fair, the only one who really seems young enough mm-hmm. to might might actually be a fit. Although Steve Buscemi's character obviously does not consider age to be a, a thing. Yeah, I want to get to that in a bit. Uh, the character of Rockhound is a problem. Yeah, yeah. Har- Harry, yeah, he's, he's, the problem with Harry and with a lot of this, he is in a lot of ways the essence of toxic masculinity. Sure. And never mind the hyper possessiveness of the daughter, like he's her, like she's his property. But everything is just like I work with my hands. Grunt, yeah, stupid government science nerds. What do you know? Grunt, uh, yeah. which again is very Michael Bay. Michael Bay loves that stuff, even though I don't think he's ever been a working man. I don't. But he has this weird fantasy about them. He creates these idealized versions. That often have a lot of the very bad characteristics with them. Did he do the Croods? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we also can tell very uh, quickly what he thinks of Greenpeace, because there's a little op-ed. Oh, yeah, that's a nice shot. Yeah, yeah, here are a bunch of guys who actually put themselves between Navy ships and blasting ranges. And they're like, oh, look, a bunch of whiny, hypocritical hippies. I'm going to hit golf balls at them. Yeah, well, in this case, they're just trying to get them to stop drilling. It doesn't have anything to do with, with the warship or anything. Yeah, like. yeah. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't understand why he was singled out for a Razzie, I, no. he's actually very low-key Bruce Willis in a way. He's not his 
smirking, I'm in charge of everything kind of usual Bruce Willis. He's yeah, he he can get the job done. And he in this case, he does know you guys can't learn how to drill a hole fast enough to make it work. It's not going to work. And I yeah. it's fine. I don't have any problem with him. Billy, the, Billy Bob. Yeah. yeah. I like him in this. Well, I, I think I, Billy Bob's a really good actor. I just sit there going, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> he is a little out of place because he's so underplays himself he's so low-key compared to a lot of these very over-the-top characters some of whom are fun yeah but he is just so damn cool he's one of those guys like yes okay i know he sounds like a hillbilly but i have absolutely no trouble believing he's in charge of nasa yeah because he, he he just walks in and it's like yep i'm in charge y'all can sit down <laughs> Well, you know that bit about the leg brace? That was his idea. He added that oh, to the character. It wasn't that, part of it. And he's like, I want a backstory of reason why he's not an astronaut. And they, they not only threw that in, but they added that bit where he's talking about, you know, this is the only thing I ever wanted to be, but this is as far as I can go. And we don't know why. We don't know if he had, he was a late polio case or doesn't what. doesn't matter. Just, we know. Yeah, it doesn't. I think that works really well. So I, uh, I also, did you notice, by the way, who the smartest man on the planet is? Well, the, uh, sci the Englishman who's like telling him the sci president's science advisor is wrong. Wait, could you, if you like blinked, you would totally not realize it was Jason Isaacs. Like, yeah, not at Great. all. Yep, Lucius Malfoy is their chief scientist. Well, or also Captain, what's his name on Star Trek Discovery, at which he yes. is really good. Yes, Captain turns out to be a bad guy. Sorry, yeah. spoiler. Oops. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, no, you know, he was terrific. It's I'm kind of just sorry he only has like six lines. Yeah. Well, it was this was er, much earlier in his American career. So. Yeah, and also there are so many characters in yeah. this movie. I, yeah, I think he's great. Uh, ben Affleck is I think Ben not only is Ben Affleck fine, and I totally yeah. get his character. He's not he's the young upstart Maverick whatever. Maverick. Yeah. Who, you know, trust me, trust me. Okay. He's not perfect. And actually, I gotta say, his end scene where Harry tricks him into trading places—spoiler and not staying on the asteroid and blows up—I think he actually saw some really good acting chops. Yeah, there. that is. I know it's an incredibly manipulative scene yeah. and you know heartstring tug, but it's very touching and very moving. And I also have to say, him and Liv Tyler—they have chemistry. They really do. And you know, and let's get to Liv. I mean, Liv Tyler. Mm. She's just sweet. But there's also, you get, it's like, I love when she's basically putting her foot down and she's yelling at her father, whom she calls by his first name, because, you know, that's yeah. the only way you get through to this guy. Well, I like she puts it, when it's since, you know, you know, I'm your father. When does that stop mattering? Since I reached the age of 10 and officially became older than you. <laughs> well, and also when she's sitting there speaking Chinese to the investors, mm -hmm. and she's obviously, I'm in charge of this because you're too dumb to figure out how to deal with your own <laughs> investors. Yeah. Or learn a new language. And you also, I don't know if he realizes it or not, but she realizes when she says, I quit, he's screwed. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think he does know it. That's what he's like running after her going, wait, no, I need you. He's not, not just like, I want you under my thumb, but uh, uh, everything's going to go to hell if you're not here. Yeah. Because no, you know how numbers work. I don't know if I've seen Liv Tyler in anything that I didn't like her in. I especially like her in um, Empire Records. Here, of course. On Empire Records. But no, I like Liv Tyler. And I think that uh, I can't figure out, I didn't see anything in the trivia. Do we get Aerosmith for the soundtrack because she's in it? Or did they get Aerosmith and said, and Steven said, you have to hire my daughter too. I don't know. It's I'm not, not sure. a coincidence. There have been rumors. It's not, it's not an accident we get so much Aerosmith. I think 
he uh, because this was when he was trying to reconnect with her because for a long time he wasn't Steven Tyler wasn't in her life. He wasn't a good father. Uh, hard to believe, <laughs> isn't it? But uh, it might have been a little overcompensation. But yeah. yeah, she does. She does a really good job. She doesn't have a lot to do. Yep. Will but Patton. Nobody does because you know there's so many people. Right. Speaking of which, Will Patton is Chick, who gets his own little side plot, which is yeah. nice but confusing. Um, it's. Not, I mean, we, I we get. I don't know okay. if it's confusing. I just think it feels a little tacked on. Yeah, there, there's a little bit of that, but he does a nice job. You get the sure. feeling he's you know, Harry's right-hand man. He's the one person who really gets him. He's been with him from the beginning, yeah. but they don't have to say that. Yeah. Steve yeah. Buscemi, so I didn't put this in the trivia. Yeah. Steve Buscemi, one of the reasons he took this was to get the bigger house. The other was which he's like, hey, I'm always playing these sleaze bags, and maybe for once I can not play a sleaze bag. And once he got hard, they were like, oh, let's make him a sleaze bag. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. oh, and boy, do they. Yeah, uh, Rockhound is a ki- is kind of problematic. Kind of, <laughs> because well, they make it. That's the part that one of the things that really makes me uncomfortable about this movie is they treat the fact that uh, he may be a pedophile as a joke. Yeah, I mean, it's always the joke is Harry. She never told me her age. Oh, that's an issue. Yeah, that's funny. Ha uh-huh. ha. And yes. of course, his name is Rockhound, which. Because uh, he's horny. Yeah. Uh, I got to say, though, it's Steve Buscemi. Have I ever seen Steve Buscemi give a bad performance? No. He, yeah, he's terrific as Rockhound. And again, you absolutely believe that he's a genius. I you, totally believe at the end of the film when he gets space madness. <laughs> oh, pretty much you mean what, space madness? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he presses Steepy. the red candy-like button. Yeah, by the way, I looked this up. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing as space dementia or space madness. I'm sorry, Max. Of all the things, why did you look that up? <laughs> I looked a lot of stuff why? up. Because I wanted to know if that oh. was a thing. Because okay. there are things that divers deal with, like nitrogen narcosis, which sure. makes you, in effect, drunk on nitrogen bubbles. I wondered, is there an equivalent in space? No! I thought it just turned you into Michael Bean. <laughs> <laughs> Because if that's the case, I want to get me some of that. Yeah, no, I, people be lining up for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, the only thing I could think is when he goes crazy near the end of the film is it's Steve Buscemi going, "Whatever, I'm here. Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm, a, I'm doing yep. it, but I'm strapped to a chair. So whatever you yeah. want." Yeah, and we get uh, you know William Fitchner or yeah Fit, Fitchner Fit, Fitchner. The, the T is in a weird place. Oh yeah, it's Fitchner. Fit like Fitchner. Fitchner. Colonel Willie Sharp. Yeah. Willie? Really? I, I'm sorry. There's no way an Air Force colonel will let anyone call him Willie. Mm, or won't he? Uh, he's He has that little touch of evil. He does this a lot. His character. He plays a lot of bad guys. He, he does well. So yeah. Um, luckily, nice. we went a little light on the next actor. He's not there too yes. much. Uh, yes. Fortunately, this is only mildly Wilson tainted. Wow. Wow. We're in space. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this is true blue hero stuff. You know I mean. Yeah, I'm not a big Ugh. fan. And they focus. They do close-ups on that nose. Yep. Uh, whatever. Oh, he's fine. I don't have he's, any problems he's with He's fine. Him. Yeah, he's just, we don't get too much of him. Michael Clark Duncan. Oh. <laughs> he is awesome. the. He is both the scariest and the most adorable guy. He, yeah. He's this mountain of a man, and you just want to curl up on him. And I love his little booty dance when they're doing the medical stuff and he's up there, I don't know, wearing these tiny little leopard briefs and he's showing everything off. Smacking his ass. He's hilarious. He is. I even like when he's on the motorcycle and he's just roaring, come get Papa Bear. Yeah, apparently that scene is what gave his character the name. Oh, okay. Yeah, he just blurted that out and that was his thing. (laughs) 
He is so much fun. He is. I am, yeah, I, I'm so glad, spoiler, I'll, that he survived. Yeah, well, I'll watch him in anything. Although I'm sitting there going, there's, there's a couple of people that I'm like, did they make space shuttles big enough for these people? I was wondering, yeah, him and the other guy, Max, who yeah. played by, despite his awesome name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ken, what's his name? Ken, Ken Campbell. Ken Campbell. He's fun. Yeah, he is fun, I, but it's just like, you know, I'm not trying to point fingers. It's just that, you know, I'm sitting there going, how do you have an off-the-rack spacesuit that'll fit either of these people? Because yeah, Michael and, Clark and how, Duncan... You know how long it takes to make one of those things? Yeah, I don't know how tall Michael Clark Duncan is, but he's all the tall. Like, he's yeah. not just mountainous. He's, <laughs> just, he's huge. He's very... He's built, like, at, like, 1.5 scale. He's built, like, three other people. Yeah. <laughs> You know, honestly, in Harry Potter, if they slapped enough beard on him, he could have been Hagrid without any camera effects. Yeah, he's, yeah. Peter Stormare. Oh, I love Peter Stormare. He's so much fun. But he's playing Boris Badenov. This this is how we fix things on the Russian space station. Yeah. (laughs) I know. He is a cartoon in this. He is, and he's very much... This is another thing with Michael Bay. In addition to the fetishization of the U.S. military and NASA and all of the... He loves people who have big toys. Mm. It's all about, oh, look, here's the Russian space station. It's falling apart, and it's got one guy on it, and he's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's not American. Yeah, I guess. Whatever. I mean, he's... He's fine. Um, I, I, he Peter shows up three quarters of the way the film through the film, and unlike some of the other characters, he makes it through. So. Yeah, and he's also, I think, one of the most memorable. Yeah, but partially because he's a cartoon character. Yeah, yeah. But Ken he's, has, he's, oh, sorry. he's just having fun. He's really just gnawing on the scenery. Yes, and yes, and being very greasy, which I didn't understand, but whatever. <laughs> um, Ken Hudson, we mentioned a little bit back. He's fun. He shows up also about maybe what. I uh, it's not that far into the film. I, I keep forgetting, but he's not one of the more focused on characters. But no. what he's there for, he's he's good. After that, it becomes and the rest. But I would like to mention yeah. Jessica Steen, if only because she's the only woman <laughs> besides Liv Tyler. She's the only woman yeah. who's actually part of the crew. Yeah. Again, welcome to Michael Bay world. Yeah. yeah. At least she's competent. Like At least she gets to do things occasionally. But when she's on screen. People listen to her. She's yeah. obviously got some expertise. She's got rank and stuff. So at least there's that. But man, we're talking least. Yeah. So other than that, there's a bunch of people that are here, yeah. including Jason Isaacs. But it's they're oh, not. Oh, the, what about the what about General Kinsey? What about him? Oh, oh, man. actually, yeah, he's actually he's got a presence. I don't think his parts very much, but he does have a presence. He does. Well, come on, that's Keith David. Yeah. You know, the awesome voice. That's Dr. Facilier from uh, uh, oh. Princess and the Frog. He's been in everything. And again, he's one of those guys where, yes, I will obey the general simply because of his voice. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't think there's really any weak performance. I'd like, I don't even think this is, we'll get to this, I don't think this is really a Razzie-worthy film. I'd like to see some of the other films of 98 because I'm willing to bet there was a lot more that was worse. There must have been. But, uh, yeah, we start off some, with something that I'd forgotten about. Yeah? Touchstone. Is oh, That's God, still a thing, yeah. and I had to look this up. Apparently not. Touchstone oh, uh, went away in were... 2016. Oh, dear. Yeah, that was Disney going, well, we want to make movies for adults. We just don't want anybody to know. So, Touchstone, it's not Disney. It's just an incredible simulation, kind of. <laughs> like this. Yeah. 
Uh, and then they have that opening, which I did not know was Charlton Heston. You go, girl. Uh, <laughs> and they, t- they they show what is supposed to be. It's not. We're not looking at a simulation. We're supposed to be looking at the real thing. And yeah. they're like, oh, it's an asteroid, and it's just six miles wide. Just six miles six, wide. That, that's like bigger than Rhode Island. What the hell, man? <laughs> well, it's not, but uh, yeah. it's that's like a city-sized asteroid. Yeah. Um, yes, it would cause the end of just about everything. That that's really about all it would take. So just. <laughs> and this one that we're dealing with, Dotty, yeah, is the size of Texas. Yeah. Well, and I have to also wonder when the the dinosaur killer hits the Earth, um, why does everything catch fire? Um. It was because the Earth was producing gasoline naturally. I see. Prove me wrong. It was 65 million years ago. You don't know. Well, it would produce gasoline in 65 million years. (laughs) Time travel? No. We did that series. Our answer was no. No. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, I think part of it is just when you release that much kinetic energy, some of it does come out as heat. Yeah, but this was like, we're going to encircle the globe now. mm, Eh. I'm going to go now. Yeah, but all of that is theoretical. Well, of course. Well, you you said we were going to talk about the science. Yeah. And hey, another thing, I don't know if you know this, but in space, you can hear Pete scream. (laughs) Yes, you can. And you can hear the the asteroid growl. Yeah. Our asteroid growls. Well, it's angry. (laughs) Oh, and also goes whoosh. It's a lot of whoosh yes, but in it's, space. It's a threatening whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, science. I, I, is there parts you want to nitpick? Because honestly. Okay, here's the big one. How long do they train? They don't. They well, do 12 they do. days. Yeah. In 12 days, maybe, maybe you would learn how to put on your spacesuit and walk across a room. Maybe. There is no way. They would have all been dead in five minutes. Well, they certainly tried. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was because they were being hit by rocks and the space station was blowing up and whatever. Well, I got to say, in, in favor of the movie, at one point they're like, well, here's how we're going to get there. We're going to shoot up to the space station, refuel, shoot around the moon, and come around the back where we're hoping that the wake or whatever the meteor means that most of the debris has been sucked up by the moon. And it's like, cool. And then they get there and it's like, oh, that's not what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so they prepare for that. And it's like, yeah, that would have been nice. But no, this, this is just not enough gravity. Also, I, I, there's another problem. Just one? <sighs> no, I'm going to be saying that a lot. <laughs> they have 18 days. Yep. It, even today, it takes if we still had any of the space shuttles, it takes a month to prep one of those for launch. A month. And that's for a standard mission. These things aren't made to go to the moon. Max, or- Max, you know full well from our series on um, disaster porn that NASA keeps in a special warehouse <laughs> shuttles just waiting. And the only oh, yeah. thing you have to do is scrub the graffiti off. That's right. That's right. They're even all fully fueled. Yeah. <laughs> the batteries are dead and the light bulbs all work. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, and here's the other thing, too. It's like, oh, it's a good thing that the moon's in the right position for us to launch at. As You know, there's a launch window that'll actually work. Yeah. Because what if the moon was over there? <laughs> it's like, oh, well, yeah. luckily the moon's between us and the asteroid or... 12 days of training. Those guys would... No, they wouldn't know what they would be completely lost. You know what we didn't see, and I'm glad for this? 
12 days of puking. Yeah. <laughs> they talk about it. Sorry about the red chunks all over your dashboard. <laughs> and we also, there's, how long is it from the uh, Russian space station to the moon? They tell us it's 60 hours. It's like three days. Oh. Yeah. Those diapers are going to be pretty full. You. Yeah, think about it. They're all pooping in space. They don't know how to do zero-G toilets. That's a week's training by itself. Do you know if the chicken nuggets will still be good? Uh, probably. <laughs> Chicky nuggies. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, my, my first note about the science, besides the six, six miles wide and, and why does everything catch fire, was the physics seems somewhat uh. dubious. The way things move or don't move. Noodles, uh, I, not noodles. <laughs> no, I can tell you, you know what the big thing is? The nuclear bomb in the asteroid would not work. I have read I read about this. Okay. You know, this thing is supposed to be gigantic. It's the size of Texas. To destroy it or even to crack it down the middle, you would need an atomic bomb with enough the same amount of energy as the sun. Huh. And that doesn't exist. Not only that, you know what would happen if you... Oh, look, we've blown the asteroid in two pieces on a big debris cloud, which is now massively radioactive and going to hit the Earth. Right, well... So instead of, you know, an explosive destruction, you're going to poison everybody. Well, I mean, let's face it. There's a lot of um, radiation around. So, like, when they come back... The, the astronauts who make it, I won't tell you who, but when the astronauts who make it come back, the first thing they do is hug their loved ones because uh, yeah. anybody and everybody is allowed onto the tarmac when the space yeah, shuttle yeah, lands. Yeah. They're not put into quarantine. They have no. their helmets off. Everything's You notice fine. they can also, after like days and days in space, they can walk just fine. Well, they don't that have beards. <laughs> They're not sloshing, as you point <laughs> It's yeah. There's a lot of dubious physics in here. There's a point where they they jump the lunar lander craft thing, and it's like that's a oh. bit too much. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, no, that's just ridiculous. The, yeah. the jumping over the Grand Canyon on on the asteroid thing. That would, there's no way that would work, especially. No. Huh. Well, I've never driven this vehicle in my life. I have no idea how it works. I have no idea how much thrust to apply when. To he apply even it. says, "I don't even know. I don't know what that button does." And he pushes it. I don't know what this does. Yeah. No. But it's got a stick no. and I can push it. Okay. The uh, Also, we, okay, we have a Gatling gun on the Armadillo, the yeah. rover. Why do they just have a freestanding Gatling gun just at the drill site? Um, what so do they think is going to attack them? So Steve Buscemi can play with it. <laughs> I <sighs> I don't know. I don't. It's to sell toys. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, I, let's, let's just, I, I hate to say this, but the science... Let's just say it, the science doesn't work. Don't look the at science the science. Does not work. Look over okay. here. Ooh, look, big asteroid. Ooh, not look, something shiny. Yeah, the CG in this. This is kind of early for some CG, and I got to say that it's in some cases kind of soft. Yeah. It doesn't hold yeah. up that rate, but it's still actually kind of exciting. Yeah, it looks it looks good. There's a lot. The tense scenes are very tense. Yeah. I have to say the whole sequence on the Russian space station. I don't know why that's there. I don't either. It's it, well. It drags, it slows everything down, and it's not necessary. No, and the it's only, pretty I mean, it's fun to get Lev as part of the cast now. Sure. But that's it. That's the only reason it happens. I could even see something where it was literally just, they show up and poor Lev is just screwing on his oxygen tank going, this is my last one, can I hitch a ride? Yeah, you know, something like and that. And not have it be Moonraker. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand about that. But speaking of destruction, there was one brief shot that was like, oh, yeah, that hasn't happened yet. 
Oh, the New York scene? Yeah. We get a nice big picture of the Twin Towers still standing because it's 1998. Smoking with holes in them. That uh, was, yeah. 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 Well, that whole sequence, by the way, is pretty uncomfortable. Michael Bay has a lot of racism in his movies. In I, I, I don't noticed. know what you mean, Max. <laughs> yeah. Now, admittedly, we have two black major characters we in do. this. We have General Kinsey and we have Bear. At the beginning, we have a whole collection of racist stereotypes. Mm-hmm. We've got Eddie Griffin as the bike messenger talking to his dog, Little Richard, and running into a big Samoan guy. And then we've got the black cab driver with the two Japanese tourists. I want to go shopping. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah. Yeah. Very, as the kids say, very cringe. Yeah. We also, have a, we also have a president who, I didn't notice the actor's name, I don't care, who feels very unpresidential. I mean. Yeah, honestly, he just sounds like a secretary. Yeah. Yes, I suppose we should blow them up. Please hold. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if that's part of his authority figure issue or what. I don't know. But yeah. I, he seems to be pro-authority. I, you'd think you'd get somebody that's a little bit stronger in the part, but. Oh, but it's always the guys, the bureaucrats he doesn't like. Oh, that's right. Because they they get in the way of the military doing their military stuff. Yes, the guys on the boots on the ground guys, the the men's men, the real men. Yeah. There's a lot of that real man stuff here. Never mind, Joe. Is it you're sleeping with my daughter? I'm going to fetch my shotgun. That's exactly where I was going. Because what's one thing you really want to not only have on an oil rig, but you want to make sure you use as often as possible, it's a shotgun. Yeah, and this isn't loaded with rock salt. These are metal pellets. He could have blown up the whole thing. God knows. Yeah. I didn't understand that. I could understand him using it to perhaps scare him, but to actually shoot? He's actually shooting at him. That is, And it's supposed to be funny. I guess. He is not firing over his head. He's trying to hit him. Well, he, when he does, it's like, ah, it's just a ricochet. It's still little lead balls into um, Ben Affleck's leg, so. Yeah. yeah. It, it's nuts. And, of course, what are the... You know, the the whole, okay, we'll we'll do the job, but we have a few requests. Oh, wait, and, before we get there. Oh, yeah? So they strike oil because we have to show that Ben Affleck's, you know, his, his instincts are correct. And he should yeah. be listening. He's the young guy, but he's got good ideas. They strike oil, exactly what they need to do. Even though it showers their investors, it should make them happy. They're making a lot of money. What's the first thing they do? They leave. Yep. <laughs> Everyone yep. leaves the oil rig. They, they leave all the oil, yeah. That's right. They got the Chinese investor going, Harry, you man, you man, thumbs up. Yeah, and then he like, gets pulled uh, off by, by the Air Force or NASA or whatever. Yep. And he, he gets there, and they're talking to Harry, and he's like, well, we're going to have to take my team. Okay, let's get them. Well, they as soon as they hit the ground, they go running in the four corners of the earth. I'm like, who let them go? Don't yeah, they have to cap they, off the well? Or I, I'd like to think they <laughs> turned off the gusher and uh, did whatever the hell you do, but maybe someone else comes in and... I don't know. 49er? Yeah. No, they, they, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Now, basically, that's an excuse for the right. introductory montage, which is a lot of fun. I like, you know, Bear on his motorcycle and Max getting the tattoo with his mom. Yeah. That was actually really sweet. The fact so that he got a mother tattoo with her there. <laughs> yep. You got me one of them yellow jelly bear claws, which I'm sorry, just sounds gross. Yeah, really does. Of course, what is Max's favorite food? Uh, I forget. He tells us in the psyche of El, haggis. Oh, that's right. And you know what? I'm with him right there because I love haggis me some haggis. And he describes it perfectly. That's exactly yep. what it is. He's left out the yep. oats, though. But yeah, it's, yeah, it is a cute montage that literally makes no sense. No. 
know, story wise. But doesn't make any sense. It's again, it's there for yeah. narrative effect. It's not there for realism. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, what do the guys want to do when they're night off? Well, you know, Chick goes and sees his family, that's, yeah. which we didn't know existed. Right. And the other guys go to a strip club. Yep. And pay a hundred thousand dollars to a stripper named. And here's the thing: at first, I'm just like, "What is he? Is he going to expect to get royally paid? No, he's expecting to die. Yeah, and he's like, he doesn't think he's going to come back. What do I care? I'm going into space. I might as well. I'm going to take out a hundred thousand dollars from a loan shark at sixty percent, <laughs> blow it on whatever I give a crap about because who cares? And I know I'm not coming back. And I swear, when they tape him into the chair at the end, he's like, "I wasn't really expecting to come back, guys. I really wanted to." Stay. Well, he says, you think that's bad? I owe a hundred grand to a badass load shark that I blew on a stripper named Molly Mounds. Who kind of sweetly Which, by the way, shows up and he ends up marrying. Yeah, that kills me that he knew her for ten minutes and she shows up on the airstrip. Yeah. You know what? Why not? <laughs> yeah, okay. Sure, sure. At that point, why and, not? Because And then yeah. of course we get the Ben Affleck Liv Tyler love scene. Yeah. Or as we know it, cookie sex. <laughs> I can't have gluten in my underpants. <laughs> He's playing around with a box of animal crackers on her because nothing makes women hotter than animal crackers, apparently. <laughs> Thank you, Michael Bay. And yet, it's still... Ki- I actually it's like his Australian cute. accent for doing the nature documentary <laughs> thing. It's actually pretty funny. And it's a dopey scene. And she has a look on her face that's halfway between, I can't believe you're doing this. And you know, it's actually kind of sweet. And it kind of is. It's just memorably dumb. (laughs) Yeah, it's dumb, but it's true. It is very sentimental. And, oh God, it's it's like when she's saying goodbye to her dad. And they're standing there at, I believe, the monument to Apollo 1, which blew up. Yep. It's like, yeah, I'll come back because, hell, it's NASA. (laughs) We're standing here where they... Blew up and killed those guys. And then okay. in case you don't remember, they do a close-up of the plaque. So yeah, in case that, anyone wasn't paying attention. And that was the real place, too. That was one of the real yeah, NASA places. Yeah. By the way, one of the biggest science fiction aspects of this, did you notice, NASA gets through a countdown the first time. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Only, I was like, my God, this is, this is crazier than Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> but, you know, one of the saddest things was yeah. when the entire country of Asia was attacked from space. <laughs> Because they don't tell us where it is, and if you look, there's signs in Korean, there's signs in Japanese, and signs in Chinese. Yeah, it just, it it apparently they hit that the small village of Serenity Hills in Asia. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Because it's it's literally like you know Asia that backyard. See, they're eating rice. Yeah. So you know, and that guy's got chopsticks. So Asia. Yeah. And of course. And this happens so often. Michael Bay really loves to blow up Paris. Of course, so does Roland Emmerich. Well, Everybody likes to blow up Paris. Are they lovers? I kind of wonder if they are. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Emmerich is definitely, uh, you know, yeah. a Bay I know nothing about. But speaking yeah. of Bay, Bay, Michael Bay, Bay ho, ho. stop <laughs> moving the camera. Stop it. I swear to you know, I hate that. I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it's it. like he strapped it to a chimpanzee and gave the chimpanzee a whole lot of methadone. Every single shot, the camera is moving. It does not Ugh. make the movie more actiony if the camera moves and nothing else does. Yeah. 
The camera is a Michael Bay's camera is a hyperactive child. That's it's, pretty much it. It's it's really annoying, really annoying, and it became a thing. Like it pops up yeah. in other places. Star Trek Discovery. The camera's constantly moving, and it's just like, please stop. We don't like that. It's not how we look at things. Let us look at something, please. Oh, that really did not. I did not care for the the directing in that respect. It was just. Ugh. Uh, there's a bunch of extra stuff we talked about that feels a little added on the evil yeah. evil jump the ISS thing just too much stuff goes wrong at the end they they have to basically get out and jumpstart the shuttle which to be fair that's your problem because really everything why is that thing even not got a hole in it like why yeah seriously all these all these rocks have been flying around all these quakes and the shuttle's absolutely fine yeah yeah and how do they fix it Lev hits it with something yeah. Which, well, just like right out of that James Bond film, which one was, it was um, the one where he goes to Russia and he meets uh, Joe Bob, or uh, Billy, not Billy Bob, Joe Bob. What's his <laughs> oh, name? Oh, uh, Joe Don Baker. Yeah, Joe Don Baker. And Joe Don Baker has to, now to be fair, that is how you fix Russian cars, but there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely so, think, think there's some fat that could be trimmed from this film. Oh, yeah. I mean, this th- doesn't need to be two and a half hours. No. And the, adding all the, it keeps going wrong, it keep, just gets tiresome. And it's like, we know they're going to get back. Come on. Except sometimes it's still really tense when they're the whole thing with the disarming the nuclear bomb. Yep. That's very, that was very like edge of your seat kind of scene. It was, even though we and know I, it's I do, not going off. We know, but I do like Max's comment afterwards was like, man, it sucks up here. <laughs> <laughs> well, space is trying to kill you any it way is. it possibly can. Yes, it is the most hostile environment known to man. Yeah. But you know what is also hostile is our take on this movie. <gasps> Or is it? Are you uh, about the end of your notes, Max? That we uh, before going off on too many tangents. I don't know. There's there's a couple one exchange between AJ and Lev I really like, which is, you ever heard of Evil Knievel? No, I never saw Star Wars. <laughs> I like that because I think he's Luke's but, father, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. There, there's a bunch of other stuff, but yeah, we because we're getting we need ready. to wrap up. The finish. So Max. Yeah. You saw it then. You've seen it now. Yes. Then you said it was kind of fun, but uh, science was was yeah. not good. So what do you think now? Honestly, I think this movie is still a lot of fun. It's dumb as hell. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is just dumb. But it's like a big, dumb dog that wants <laughs> you to love it and will lick your face and jump all over you. It's just being a adorable and you, you can't help but pet it <laughs> it's so dumb the science doesn't work on any level it's got every bad michael bay cliche in it s-y-e-n-s-e science <laughs> <laughs> pretty much but the the characters are a lot of, well some of the characters are a lot of fun the dialogue can be entertaining. It it moves pretty well. You're right. It's b- a bit bloated. Mm. They could have lost at least a half an hour off of this thing. Mm. But it's one of those movies where if I come across it on cable, this is the first time I have watched it from beginning to end, I think, since I saw it in the theater. Right. But I'll stop and watch good chunks of it because some of it is so much fun. Well, and big chunks break off and hit the earth and boom. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, dumb but fun. Yeah. yeah, what about you? All this science I don't understand. It's just my job <laughs> five days a week. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is exactly what you just said. 
I love the big dog analogy. It is. It is a big, dumb lab. And it knocks your crap over. It pees in the hall. <laughs> it yep. does. It barfs at three in the morning. It breaks your favorite lamp. But you know what? It's a there for you, and it loves you, and it offers some comfort in its own weird, warped way. This film does not stand up critically at all. The characters are, in a lot of ways, two-dimensional. Mm. Um, some One of them, Steve Buscemi's character, is really objectionable. Yeah. The women don't get nearly enough to do. I At least I'm glad that they're, neither one of them is, is really... Well, the, the woman on the space shuttle is not a sex symbol at all. Liv Tyler is at one point, but the scene is so goofy. I don't even know if you can look at her sexually in that scene because it's just like, <laughs> is he hopping animal crackers up and down her stomach? And she's going to want to do what after this? Get a sandwich? I don't know. A glass of milk? I don't. You... But it is, it is fun, and I found myself drawn into it. I should have been screaming at it because there's plenty of other films we've screamed at and said, no, this is wrong. You can't do this. But it's kind of like yelling at the science in Star Wars. It's like, why <laughs> yeah. are you bothering? There isn't any. <laughs> so, and, you know, again, I'm not a big fan of Bruce Willis, even if he is the uh, the center of our poll question this week. But he's fine. And Ben Affleck gets a lot of crap for a lot of crap roles. But occasionally he's actually pretty good. And this is one of them. Uh, I, I find the whole sequence, not just with Harry saying goodbye to him, but when he says goodbye to Grace yeah, and she calls him daddy, I tear up at that yeah. every time. I can't help it. I know it's manipulative, but also it's a tri tribute to Liv Tyler, the way she makes her voice break like that. She's just heartrending. Oh, you can't fool me. You're watching her lip quiver. Well, it's hard not to. <laughs> yeah, so... It's big and dumb and it's loud and it's causing accidents and just <laughs> <laughs> it's in a lot of lot of ways not good. But one of yeah. the things I saw and when I was looking up trivia, they kept saying over and over again about Michael Bay is he knows how to win over the audience. And yeah, he does. Despite the evidence, it worked. So, yep. yeah, I would say we two plus signs or whatever we use for kind, we're kind of yes we sort of an embarrassed recommendation i'm not even embarrassed the hell with uh, it so, hey i like hudson hawk so yeah <laughs> yeah how embarrassed can i be and i don't <laughs> think that's not going to show up in the answer to next week's question but i figured speaking of that question yeah. we'd like to know what is your favorite performance by bruce willis you can let us know multiple ways. The best way, or a way, is to email us directly at us at maxmikemovies.com. While you're at it, go over to our website. You can find all of our 255 other episodes and other specials there. You can leave us comments, give us ideas about other shows you'd like to hear us do, other series you'd like to hear us do, because we've, we've done that before. You can have a nice conversation with Snowy, our uh, resident penguin wrangler. For social media, go right over onto Facebook and look us up under Max Mike Movies, because there we be. And you can also answer our poll question there, or again, leave comments. Hey, we've had a couple of people, I uh, actually didn't hear from Adam this week, kind of too bad to hear about that, but sometimes Adam has taken us to task and is like, hey, I think you guys are wrong. Cool, we'd be happy to read your, or your opinion about that on the air. We may or may not agree with it, but we like to hear them. Yeah, I'm sure Adam will be back uh, you know, writing to us as soon as his hands heal. Hey! He, Don't be mean. He felt he had an accident. No, he didn't. Say? No, he's totally perfectly fine. Adam, if you're listening, do not listen to Max. In fact, never listen to Max. Uh, lastly, Isn't that the motto of our show? 
Mm-hmm. That's a good one. We'll have to keep that one. Bumpy, go on what do the, you think? On the merch. Yeah. <laughs> and lastly, if you have a podcast app that is your favorite, we're there. Even if you have one that's not your favorite, we're probably there too. And who knows? Even if you don't want us there. If you want us to be out, there's a new one out there. It's called Blue Ski. Or is it Blue Sky? I can't tell. It's like Twitter, but not. Uh, if you want us to be on Blue Ski, somehow let us know. We'll go to Blue Ski. We're not going yeah. to that other one, though. The one that's not called Twitter anymore. The artist oh, yeah. formerly known as Twitter. X the unknown. <laughs> yeah. But what we are going to do next week is we are going to finish up this series. Yes, we but are. But an incredible simulation. But Max, how are we going to finish up next week? Well, we're going to do a movie about a giant asteroid is about to ram into the Earth. And a plucky bunch of astronauts are going to go up and drop a Max, nuke. And Max, what? We, we just did that. No, 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 no. This one has like a whole bunch of really famous actors in it, and uh, yeah, there's a we just cover up, and this. Were you uh, not here, like for the last no. hour? We just talked about this. No, no, dude. This is really no, no, no. This was a unique movie that came out in 1998. And yeah, it's about Armageddon. Uh, what now? Armageddon, the film we just talked about. We can't oh. watch that next week. We just did it. Oh, but next week we're doing a totally unique movie called Deep Impact. And I'm not going to do the Mystery, Mystery Giants Theater joke of pronouncing it Deep Impact. You just did. But, yeah. Oh. Curse you! <laughs> Deep it. Impact? Deep Impact, which was a movie with a hauntingly similar premise, plot, and everything. Although technically it came out first and it may even have been conceived of first. We'll talk about that too. Uh, this was during that time when a lot of big studios were doing that. Not just the little rip-offs, the, the joke ones we've been talking about, the mockbusters, but major studios who just happened to be doing identically set-up movies the same year. Uh-huh. But uh, we're going to talk about that one, Deep Impact. And how and our I show will say, has I a will deep say, impact. Yep, I will say that at least in that one, we do actually have a president we can all get behind. This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.